This week on The Reverse Stick, Euros take over the hockey world and showcase just how great our game is. 11 versus 11, penalty corners, Ds and not a backboard in sight. Greetings and welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee. I'm joined by Matt Allen, and I believe the auditor is here today as well, Matt, just making sure that we're... Silent auditor, though. Not in the room. We may hear the odd squeak of the chair. Okay. Maybe the odd bit of laughter. Maybe a belly rumble. Who knows? Don't know if he's had breakfast or not, but the auditor is in. Do auditors laugh at all? No, not yet. (laughs) No. Very serious individuals, aren't they? they very, are very serious individuals. How you going, mate? Good, good, good. Good to good be here. Night. Oh, yeah, gig, yeah. The voice doesn't sound too bad. It no, go it's all right. All right, yeah. We were good. And you've got an even bigger gig happening today. Yes, five hours at five, the, uh, in the kiosk, kiosk, making ham and cheese toasted sandwiches. Now, as the king of the <laughs> ham and cheese toasty, um, the reviewer, the rater of all things ham and cheese yeah. toasty. I mean, we've even had segments on the show about yeah. it, haven't we, in the past? And people have got the opportunity today to turn the tables and see what it's like with a, a, a ham and cheese toasty produced by you. Uh, I'm looking forward to providing quality content for ham and cheese toasty eaters. Fantastic. Now there and is the chips. I'm looking forward to cooking chips. There's extra um, tomato available, jalapeno, spinach, ham, cheese, and spinach. Yeah. Mm, yum, yum. Well, have the op- you have healthy options, John. We sell or- oranges, apples, bananas. Okay. Huh? How about if I give someone a vitamin pill with every serve? Of no pills from you, please. We know what happened last time that happened, don't we? Um, so, a quiet hockey week for you. No games. You're over your injury, but you you, yep. you could have played today, but you could got a, you got a buy. I was asked to play today, but I I couldn't because because you got kiosk ki- duties. Yeah, oh, that's right. Fantastic. Big game. There's a men's ones game down there whilst whilst you're on shift as well. So you'll be pumping out those toasties, mate. Is it really? Yeah, it's going to be huge. I was hoping that it would be like sixes and it would be busy down with rain. No, that was me on Tuesday night when yeah. I when I did my I've shift. I've got the bright sunny day with yeah. the big crowd coming. Thank it's you very much. It's going to be. And good. we're now we are recording on a Saturday afternoon. Um, no beers in hand. Twelve fifteen no, as it is tea. right now. I've got my, my game gear on. The auditor's got his game gear on yeah. sitting next. And as soon as we finish here, whoosh, we're off to go and play 40s on the uh, on the grass. Oh, when you leave, I'll get out of my pyjamas. That would be nice. Nice yeah, to see be. you put, put, putting an effort for us. News. But, of course, the big, big news has been the European Championships being held at the Wagner Stadium and in Amsterdam. Oh, it's just been absolute goal fest. I think maybe three goals is the least that have been scored in any of the games. Um, we've had some eight ones, nine twos, five sixes, a couple of five sixes. Um, it's just been sensational action all the way through the tournament. And uh, we've, Lots of talking points. We've, we've finally got our finalists, Netherlands versus Germany, in both the men's and the women's competition. I think we could And have... damn you, German women! <laughs> because if Spain had won... Last night, when I was asleep, I'd have been in for about 700 bucks on the multi. Seriously, I backed France to beat Spain. Of course, you know, I mentioned last week that Spanish men were uh, on the way out, all ageing a little bit. Well, good on, good on the French to, uh, for getting up and having the win there. And, uh, and I backed Wales versus Russia on the draw in the same multis as well. 
Bloody Spain. Your friend, Gigi, stuffed it for me. We could have been going on holiday, John. Not very far, admittedly, well, but we could have been going on holiday. I did have a word to Gigi yesterday afternoon. Right. You okay. know he's on this multi, don't you? <laughs> you can't let that happen. Uh, if the games <laughs> the whole podcast will be met talking about his multi. If the games weren't at such silly bloody times, I would have been awake yeah. and I'd, been, I'd, have, I'd have covered the bet. But no, I thought they were an absolute shoo-in. But they weren't. A 4-1 win for the uh, Didanis to take them through to the final against the Dutch. No one's going to beat the Dutch women, though, are they? Oh, well, the more games you win, the closer you get to losing one, don't you? Uh, yep, absolutely. Um, just on that as well, it's great to see that uh, Australian men have jumped back to the top of the FIH World Rankings. That, that one's for you, Ernst. Obviously, this new format is very oh. favourable to European hockey. Um, my big concern, <laughs> though, is the Dutch men, John, making it through to the final. Uh, delusions of grandeur. Song. Well, they, they, they got up on the shootout over um, Belgium in the semi, didn't they? Over the Belgians, and uh, I think they just might be—they might just pump themselves up a little bit too much, a bit overconfident. You know, John, it's—it's uh, it's just all going to end in tears when it comes to the Olympics, uh, as it normally does. Sad day. Look, we we expected the Netherlands to be in both finals. In all honesty, didn't we? Mm, well, it all depends how the lie went on the results. I think it was it was surprising um, for England to get the the win over Belgium in the in the group stage, and England certainly out, outperformed. We're talking about in the in the men's comp, uh, they couldn't get through, but they're they're in that third versus fourth, well, the bronze medal match. Uh, now, how does Germany. this all work out for um, World Cup places? Uh, so, uh, so top five automatically. Qualify, oh, okay. so they've gone into the pool C for those teams that didn't make it through to the semi-finals so into you, the pool C. If, if you're top pool C, you're through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so with the men, that's Spain in that fifth position there, um, on goal difference over France, just behind them. Russia with just the one point, they uh, get rele- they get relegated to uh, Euro Championship two next time around. But yeah, Spain qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Still a couple of games to play. In the women's competition, um, in that pool C, looking likely that England, who are top at the moment, they'll be the ones that will get that fifth spot. There is, of course, other opportunities later down the track for qualifying for those sides, but it'll be the teams that have finished, um, uh, in that pool C that haven't gone through against some other qualifiers from basically Division Two in, in Europe, and that'll okay. be the same elsewhere around the world as well. Oh, good. Anything stick out in your mind? I've just really... Look, I haven't watched any games live, John, just because of the timing and when, where they've been, but I've watched... The highlights have been fantastic, and for once, we're, we're looking at highlights packages that are absolute goal fests. Hockey Fives, making things more exciting. You can't get any more exciting than this. Well, there was an interesting tweet the other day. Oh, yesterday, a day before... Someone... Well, one that you did. No, no. Oh. <laughs> not very often, they're not that interesting. But this one... Was, John Lee's uh, late-night tweet. To, it was to the FIH in asking who the FIH media man was because uh, all, of the, all of the highlights that feature uh, a goalie making a save, um, they got scored on on the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... Uh, saying he's not a, I, not the, a member of the goalkeeper's union. The point being that uh, they would like the FIH to maybe put out some highlights of goalies actually saving goals and... and Doing, making good performances. Mm-hmm. But we know it's all about goals, isn't it, Matt? It is, and who cares? Goals, goals, who goals. Who cares about goalkeepers anyway, really, John? We don't need them. Well, not necessary. No, They're not necessary. Well, look, the ob- rules. obviously not look at the amount of goals that are being scored. They're not making any difference whatsoever. <laughs> Let's play ten aside. 
Just drop the goalkeepers. Okay. Can, should you be, do we need D's anymore? Really? We don't need D's. You did say at the top of the show, though, not a backboard inside. We do have backboards in goals in hockey. In the back of the goal. Yeah, that's a back, yeah. that's a backboard, though. Yeah, you're talking about not, you don't, you, don't, you don't want the sideboards is what you're yeah. talking about. Sideboards. So, so I've, tri- I've, tri- I've trimmed mine. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any other hockey game? Uh, yeah, there's a series. Um, Ireland men are playing against Scotland. They had a three-nil win yesterday, and that there's a, there's a few bits and pieces happening, but this is the main focus on what's going on around the world. We do uh, have ongoing international squad announcements for the Olympics. Yep. Congratulations to Ray. Oh no, that's not been announced yet. Um, so we won't say anything about okay. hockey Australia's announcements. Um, that's due out on Monday, but uh, yeah, New Zealand squads have just been announced, and of course, New Zealand heading here to Perth to play those last two FIH Pro League games at Has, the end of the uh, month. Germany, they've announced their squad, haven't they? Uh, the war, yes, I think they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jana Mulevelin's out. She's out. Uh, so those those will be drip fed across the next couple of weeks, you'd imagine, as we build up to how how many days is it to the Olympics? Uh, well, I, I can back reference here, John, purely because. I've been trawling through Mr. Dr. Batra's Facebook page, and uh, there's an announcement. Oh, hang on, what's this announcement here? 5th of June, Happy World Environment Day. Oh, thank you, Mr. Doctor. Um, we go back to... Jeez, it gives out a lot of trophies, a lot of little mementos from oh, the FIH and Indian... And, and you get flowers with it too, don't He's you? Got, well, you should do. It's, um, where is it here? Anyway, it's the announcement of the... Uh, the Indian Olympic strips, and there's a um, Google Photos album here with the sports minister and uh, the good Mr. Doctor, and what looks like some people clad in black behind them. I'm assured that it's mannequins wearing the uh, the new gear. And it says, 50 days to go for Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, unveiling of Team India official kit, which is great to see, isn't it, John? Yeah. Well, that lasted for six days. Um, <laughs> and this is an article in Inside the Games. India has dropped Chinese sportswear manufacturer Leaning as its official kit provider only six days after unveiling the uniform designed by the company for Tokyo 2020. The Indian Olympic Committee claimed it had taken the decision to sever ties with Leaning out of respect for the sentiments of the people of the country. Oh, that's some great work there, isn't it? Absolutely great work there. Because obviously, you know, things aren't particularly happy in, in all parts of the country in the border regions between oh, in, yeah. India and China. I'm uh, pretty sure they would have been unhappy when they decided to go with that company, wouldn't they? Well, it's just it's astounding that they can make decisions like this this close to the Olympics. Do you remember? This is delayed by a year. Yeah. <laughs> have you not got these contracts sorted out beforehand? And why are you leaving it to this point in time to do it? It's just bloody ridiculous. Well, anyway, I believe that uh, Shiv, or what's the, the name? Jimmy from um, Gimme Hockey to Post. There's an Indian firm that has done Indian hockey kits before, have yeah. stepped up, and they'll be now producing it. So, I would have thought that it would be pretty easy to find some sort of clothing manufacturer in India that could probably do it for a fairly cheap price. Yeah, uh, oh look, look out for some cheap Indian gear appearing in a Sports Direct store near you soon. It's, uh, <laughs> Does be good to get hold of some of that. It's just a, nothing special about it, is it? Well, I don't know what the new uniform looks like. I can only tell, oh, tell you what the old one what looks like. What did the old one look like? Pretty much the one before it? Blue um, with some orange well, it's, it? well, it's not. They're kind of white with orange and blue. But, um, so, um, but I would imagine the, the hockey teams will be wearing the blue. Yeah, no, it's blue. Yeah, and a, and a way white. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, 
we'll look forward to seeing that uniform unveiled. We've seen what the Australian uniforms are going to be. They'll be looking very dapper in their blazers and stuff. Well, there's a fair bit of sort of retro, sort of classic, yachty sort of boat look to to all of it, isn't it? There's a scarf arrangement in there as well, isn't there? Someone? I'm sure there's a scarf involved. Oh, could well be, John. That one. Yeah, that, that one. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Good news, John. Oh, yes. Good news out of Amman. We have a statement from Amman Hockey Association. Uh, good on them. The Sultanate of Amman welcomes every individual without any discrimination to join us in Muscat in whatever role or capacity as a player, athlete, official, spectator, a fan, and even as a tourist. It's not a gay tourist. We welcome no, everyone to join. No, they are. No, they are. Well, sorry, they are. Yeah, they're not going to arrest any travelling homosexuals to their country. Just, just if you live there. <laughs> we welcome everyone to join us and witness the inaugural FIH Hockey Fives World Cup. Let us show the power of sports through love. Just not gay love. We believe in contributing to the sport of hockey, no matter their uh, ethnical background, gender, sexual orientation or religion by welcoming everyone from all five continents and joining the Amani men's and women's hockey uh, women's teams for an amazing celebration of our sport through the first ever Hockey Fives World Cup. Good that both the men's and the women's teams are being recognised. They've obviously realised that the women are playing as well. Amman is a historical place that welcomes and respects every visitor. All players, officials, media, guests and spectators from around the world will be met in Muscat with hospitality and friendliness and will be able to enjoy not only a magnificent event and thrilling hockey action, but also the magnificent nature and wildlife, culture and heritage of our beautiful country. The Oman Hockey Association is very happy and proud to have been allocated the FIH Hockey Fires World Cup. Allocated. Awarded, I think, isn't it? It's not. Well, it should have uh, been awarded. Maybe it was allocated. Which, which will showcase the exciting and dynamic new discipline of Hockey Fives and provide a big boost to the promotion and development of hockey in our country and region. The Oman Hockey Association is prepared and ready to work together with the FIH and the authorities in our country to ensure that the FIH Hockey Fires World Cup will be a joyful and enjoyable occasion for all involved, bringing the hockey family together and creating understanding, friendships and wonderful memories. Our young athletes and the population of Oman are waiting for all of you to join them in the Sultanate of Oman and demonstrate together the power of sport. So they're very happy and proud um, and joyful. Uh, joyful and enjoyable. I mean, gay could be another word that you could use there. You, you, could, you could switch yeah. that in, couldn't you? You could. You could put that in there very easily. So where do you stand? Sorry? Where do you stand? Where do I stand? Well, I'm, I'm kind of split. I, I agree in the sentiment that we shouldn't be taking international tournaments to countries that um, maybe don't fit best with our sport. However... There are 42 nations that are FIH current members that all um, have um, that, that it's illegal to be a homosexual within those countries. So it kind of smacks of double standards a little bit. I will say that they're across all continents except for Europe. But the laws in most of these countries go back to bloody colonial era era. Where they were, they've, they've come out of British or European law, and it's it's just been taken straight into their nation. So you can't just kind of sit back smugly and go, oh well, this is equally amazing. Oh look, well you know, we're all free and libertarian countries, and this is great. But your legacy isn't. It hasn't always <laughs> bloody been like that, has it? No, that's true. Hey, look, so there's I you think, know, there's got to be some responsibility taken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in the case of uh, Kate Richardson Walsh, uh-huh. I think good honour. 
for making the stand that she did. I think all individuals have the right to make a stand like that about whatever it is they feel uncomfortable about. And I know it's not quite exactly the same, but there's certain clothes manufacturers, I won't buy their clothes. Now, I don't need to go around on Twitter and say, oh, I don't buy, blah, blah. But oh, no, it's a personal decision for myself, and it's only about me yes. in this sense. It was 20 I'm years since she it. last bought that Versace suit, wasn't it? And you weren't happy oh, happy with the buttons on it, and that's it. It's been a long it's time a... since I drank pure milk, and Australian cricket followers would might know why I chose not to drink pure milk, but it's been over a decade. Anyway, that, that's not the point. We all have the... You were looking at the right. auditor then for some... Some kind of uh, well, confirmation. He, you wouldn't be old enough to uh, to understand this. No, well, of course I am. I am. I am the youngster of the uh, <laughs> yeah. the podcast partnership. Um, so uh, individuals have the right to say I, I'm not comfortable with this, or this goes against my my beliefs. If an athlete who was chosen to go to the five turned around and said, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that, I would support them in doing that. I think that's fair, and everybody has that right. National associations, on the other hand is a completely different story. We're talking about a whole different world of what your responsibilities are to sport and to other nations. Now, would you go to another nation as a tourist if you knew that homosexuality was banned in that country? I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't bother them at all to go there or not. And plenty of people go to Malaysia. Um, that's not an issue when they travel there. So... Once it gets to national associations um, deciding what a sovereign government can or cannot do or making judgments on what sovereign nations' laws and stuff, that's just a step too far. And you're right. Two week, three weeks ago, we voted to include Saudi Arabia into the hockey family. Now, no one squealed and about that. No one said anything about that. They were all quite happy to have that vote go through. I'd love to know what the numbers were there on who voted and who yep. didn't. But um, I think so, there's only about 30 of them online at that point. So for a national association to then jump up and down about certain issues within the game is a bit rude. And national and international federations like the FIH and all of our confederations, etc., they have rights, they have responsibilities that go beyond our own personal responsibilities to ourselves. So if I feel uncomfortable about something, it's very easy for me to say I'm not going to do it. But a national association doesn't have that same ability because there's so many more issues that encompass what their role is actually is. Well, but, you know, sometimes it's useful to bring politics into it. Sometimes it's easier to say, oh, this is uh, sport, you know, we've, we've, politics has got nothing to do with this and sports should transcend all things like the reunification of North Korea and South Korea. Um, just on that, John, messing around with some anagrams on people's um, names the other day, and uh, prescient to mention Korea there, because uh, you're John Mick Lee, aren't you? Michael, but you can Mike, call me Mick, Mick if you want. So, so you could kind of spin that around to be Kim John Eel. Um, and another another good one here is um, Ernst Bart. Yeah. That could be Stern Batra. You know, Bart and Batra are easily interchangeable. Though. It's just a little slip of the keyboard, isn't it? Have they ever been seen in the same room? Well, together? it's a very good question. There's been some. There's been an online interview, but anybody can rig that sort of stuff up. Oh, Look, yeah. we did the Fiscally Responsible Pro League <laughs> live, in inverted commas, for three weeks. Well, yeah, we did. Oh, no, we did do it live, didn't we, John? Yeah. Well, it was live when we did it. Yeah, it was. We were live. <laughs> so I don't know where the FIH goes with this. Remember the, the equally amazing... 
hashtag and, and movement yeah. was European uh, Federation baby. That was their little child that they pushed forth and, and gave to the world. Mm-hmm. The FIH just probably jumped on board because there's a board member who also happens to be a board member of the EHF. Uh, more on that to come in the future, folks. And and so it's not really the FIH's responsibility. that They didn't come up with the equal amazing hashtag. They jumped on board with it, but it's not their thing. That's that squeaky chair. Um, do you see that? Post that I put out from uh, Inside the Games article interviewing Ter- Terry, the shoe salesman, oh. um, and uh, about and, and, and Mr. Doctor Batra as well. Um, well. It goes all the way back to Ken Reed's original statement. Um, of course, Ken went for the presidency at the same time as um, R. David and uh, Mr. Doctor. Um, we had seen the success of the three versus three basketball at the last Youth Olympic Games <laughs> oh, in Singapore, as well as the impact that 2020 and Rugby Sevens have had on cricket and rugby respectively, said Ken Reid, then the chairman of the competitions committee, ahead of the Hockey Fives debut appearance at the Asia Cup. Hockey Fives is a complementary version of the outdoor game, and we would hope to create the same excitement and interest with this new version of the sport. Now, the article... Oh, well, it is, and you mentioned it online in the week. There is no comparison to 2020 cricket. For a start, cricket isn't an Olympic sport on it on its own anyway. Three-by-three three basketball, rugby sevens. None of them are comparable. Uh, no, nothing is comparable, and particularly when we've got a short format of the game anyway. The 2021 riles me the most because that's a shortened version of a shortened version. Yeah. I mean, cricket goes for five days. Five days! T20 goes for 40 overs. One innings of T20 goes for longer than a 70-minute game of hockey. So where's this logic about shortening games coming this, this from? Is, this is what gets my shit itching, John. It's Thierry um, speaking after the re-election of Batra as FIH president, uh, Terry the shoe, the shoe salesman, um, acknowledged the dearth of new World Cup locations for the 11-a-side tournament. But we was quick to highlight the level of interest in the Hockey Fives World oh, Cup, of course which was. is set for its inaugural edition in 2024. That's why it went to Oman. We've only got a few countries bidding for the 11-a-side Hockey World Cups, said Veal. Therefore, you don't have the choice, and you're extremely thankful to have those good locations, like India, there. For the Hockey, <laughs> for the hockey Fives World Cup in 2024, we have a few countries interested who have never bid for any FIH event before. Hockey Fives will give a lot of opportunities to hosting nations, but you will also see a lot of teams which have never competed at a World Cup. That will give Hockey Fives more exposure. Well, will we, Jerry? Will we see more teams that have never competed at a World Cup? Because as soon as you make it a World Cup, who, is Netherlands not going to play? Hang on. We will have three nations per continent, and that's the first time ever. So we're forcing it. Oh, so it's fixed. It's not actually a proper World Cup. It's a fixture. So you don't get in on merit. You have a smaller number of players, and that will be much easier to manage. We have five nations that have submitted their bid for the Hockey Fires World Cup, which are not the top European nations. <sighs> it was revealed, and again, Pakistan, Singapore, we, we know who else went for it. I mean, it, there wasn't exactly a, a host of countries bidding for the, the Fives World Cup, was there? Five. Is that how Four. Many, four countries. How many countries bid for an 11-a-side World Cup? Three or four? Yeah. What do you think? What? <laughs> Everything they've put out about fives in the last couple of weeks has been pure propaganda and nothing but. We still don't get answers to the questions we ask. We just get fluffy, furry mentions of development, development. 
I mean, yeah. England hockey took a strong position. They said, uh, if we do qualify, then we'll reconsider whether we're going to go or not. Strong stuff from I mean, them. Admittedly, we, we're against fives as, as a baseline anyway. So whatever reason or excuse you can make up to, to make, mean you're not going to turn up is good in our eyes. Dr. Batra stated, sorry, Mr. Doctor, why did, why did I say that? Uh, I would like to see hockey fives at the Olympics. The first step has been achieved having been part of the Youth Olympics. Now a lot of things have to be done to get it to the Olympics. It needs to be played across the four continents. The four continents? And you need a world championship. We have started that process now. It takes place in countries that have never hosted them before. And there will be a mixed event as well. We know that's coming. And don't you love this? Uh, oh, no, it's not meant to pl- replace 11 aside. It's not meant to replace 11 aside. And bang, as soon as the Congress is over, we get this announcement. Oh, we're, we're hoping to have them both at the same time. Oh, really? The Olympic movement's going to be thrilled with that. Well, Terry, Terry went on to say, when I joined the FIH in 2018, I saw the Hockey Fires project. I was straight away convinced that this is something that we absolutely need to have. Yep, players dressed up as Batman and Wonder Woman. I was told that this is actually a risk for 11-a-side hockey and potentially this could replace it at the Olympics. I went to the IOC and clearly asked the question whether Hockey Fires was a danger. And the, yeah, it is a danger, mate, uh, for the players. And the answer was clear that there is no danger about this. We have a lot of other sports that gave us the best examples where they have added short-form versions of their sport to the longer formats. Hockey fires Really? Will, hockey fires will just increase the visibility of hockey and allow countries that most probably have no chance of playing sooner rather than later in international competitions. Rugby doesn't have a five, seven aside and 15 aside at the Olympics. It only has seven aside at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get two forms of hockey at the Olympic Games. It ain't happening. No, not a chance. And they've, they've, they have refused... Unless we go with indoor into the winter games. Yep. That's a good idea. Except ice hockey's there. Mm. Well, we can just bag that one off, go. We don't need yeah, ice hockey. We don't need ice hockey. But they've, 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 they've refused to be honest about this from the very beginning. They've, they've been manipulating the message, uh, twisting it around all the time, refusing to give answers to questions, and it's just a joke. And if you look at the feedback, most of the feedback is anti-playing fives. People don't see the need for it at all. Well, good news out of Pakistan. A statement from the General Secretary there after a meeting with the Pres and uh, uh, Tayab of uh, whatever he's of. He's of bloody everything. What isn't, what isn't he a member of, John? Uh, God willing, we will organise a PHF domestic season in the best possible way. We are trying our best to organise Hockey Fives League in July. Always looking to the future in Pakistan. Yep. Do something, Pakistan. Actually do something. How many different things have we heard are going to happen in Pakistan since we started this podcast? Oh, we've been supportive all the way and hopeful. Tried to be. Yeah. Um, but it's failure after failure. It's time. Do something. Just one more little snippet from the inside the games. Japan's opposition leader calls for Bark and other VIPs to be banned from Tokyo 2020. That's right. No Popeye Bark at the Olympics. Um, well, there should be no administrators there at all. He argues Why that, would they be yeah, He argues that only athletes, referees and support staff should be allowed yeah. to attend while warning that Tokyo 2020 could cause an explosion of new coronavirus infections. Uh, we shouldn't let anyone into Japan other than those who are absolutely essential for the events. Um, Idano said so. so what's this guy's name? I, I would have thought that that was going to happen anyway. I would have thought that that was how they would have to manage that. That means athletes, referees and support staff, leaders and President Bar can take part in the opening ceremony remotely. 
It's perfectly simple in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, we could just have a hologram of Popeye Bark up there, couldn't we? Yeah, cardboard cutout. Just saying, you know, what, how much he loves hockey, and you know, and we can say, you well, you're such a big supporter of the game. Thanks, Popeye. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually stunned by that. We had a, a report come out this week here in Australia about um, the, the state premier whinging about having to go to Tokyo because uh, they wanted to spruik our bid for the 20... 28 or 32 games. 32 Brisbane. 30, 32 Brisbane games. And because they had to go over to Tokyo to hobnob with all the officials. Well, how, how can that occur? We all know the stress and strain that's been placed on Japan to hold these games. And then you want to go and have a little junket for all the administrators on top of it. <laughs> Mate, no. If you're serious about saving money because you're under financial pressure, and you're being forced to make the athletes go there to compete for TV deals, you can leave the admins at home. Yep. It's just bizarre. Stay at home. Stay at home. Save money. Watch it on the TV. Especially after you hear 10,000 volunteers pull the plug on it. Yeah. So, well, massive concerns there. Oh, that's there an in the idea. We'll get 10,000 administrators to go over there and work as volunteers. Ah, now, now, we're, now, talking. now we're talking. Yeah. Yep, no per diems there. Mr. Dr. Batra with the hand sanitizer at the gate. Yep, yep. That'd be good, you know, because of his medical background. He'll know exactly what he's doing oh, with absolutely. regard to sanitation, won't he? Oh, it might be Ernst, we don't know. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You've got a game of hockey to play, so let's rip through this. Oh, we're not, yeah, we're not far off. Um, I was intending, John, to uh, continue with the, the Russian um, saga yeah. um, on Matt's mystery file, and then I couldn't find the magazine, and I went, oh, it's okay, it'll be at John's, because I would have left it there last week when we recorded. Got here, remembered that we didn't record it last week, did we? No, so we had the home. outside broadcast. I did, um, I did pick up something else, though, so let's see if this... Uh... Oh, that's that one. Oh, you got the... Mystery. This is from Hockey Circle, number three, 1991. Graham Dent reports on hockey's day of shame. As a spectator who had no direct connection with the recent hockey carnival in Geelong, I feel that I can describe what can only be seen as an incredible saga in sport or how far some people will go to win. The actions of the Albury-Wodonga hockey team have made the past deeds of the New York Yacht Club look like something from a boy's own manual. Ooh, America's Cup reference there. On Sunday the 9th of June, Albury-Wodonga played Geelong. Both were undefeated and the winner of this game was likely to be the winner in the top division. The grounds were very wet and the game was played in heavy rain. The game itself had everything that is good in sport. A skilled and even contest that was uncompromising but fair. The game was played in good spirit and Geelong won by the single goal. This brought great joy to the Geelong team and the many spectators that braved the elements to witness this excellent game. Everybody left thinking that Geelong had won and they would probably win their division. Within 10 minutes of the leader of the Albury team, within 10 minutes, the leader of the Albury team had filed a protest. It came to light that the second half had lasted only 23 and a half minutes, 90 seconds short. The length of the halves was controlled by a central siren that is manned by an official, in this case from Albury Wodonga. Ooh. How the shortfall was detected is unclear. One explanation was that an Albury Wodonga player who played in the match had timed the second half and had noticed a shortfall. Geelong put in a counter protest. The Albury Wodonga protest was upheld and the Geelong protest was dismissed. 
The committee decided that the game had to be replayed at 8.50am the next morning. <laughs> Many of the games were played in the same round, but they did not have to be replayed as the teams did not protest. The reason was that they did not know of the shortfall in time, as the only person on the clock was an Aubrey Wodonga person. Some of the Geelong team had left for Melbourne, unaware of the protest, and expected to be on the ground at 10.30am on the Monday for their 11.10 game. Two other players had work commitments on the Monday morning. The Geelong team refused to replay the game as they had not done anything wrong. It was not their representative that caused a shortfall if there was, in fact, a shortfall. Geelong had beaten the Albury-Wodonga team once. Why should they have to do it again? The committee awarded the points to Albury-Wodonga, and they went on to win the championship with Geelong in second place, (laughs) one point behind. The committee felt that they were upholding the law when they should have been upholding the spirit of that law. Would Albury Wodonga have protested if they had won the game? How are future championships to be held? What of the other games that were 90 seconds short? What of the several games that started late due to the umpires not being there on time? Will every loser now search the rules for a technicality if they lose? This is not the first time that Albury Wodonga has won a championship on protest. They challenged the rules a few years ago and won. I always thought that the sport was bigger than any individual club or association. Hockey was the loser on this day. Sad times. That's an interesting story. Well, you you know all about that sort of stuff because you can control the clock at Lakelands <laughs> on your you phone, can't you? I don't. I don't mind a protest every now and again, oh, though, you know, particularly you with been, a few yeah. dodgy players in the side. You yeah. know, it's, uh, I think you've shared a couple of dodgy your name, stories. Your name's not on this list, mate. Well, it's, it's funny when you're playing against your local rivals and you know just about everybody who plays with them and they try and pull that stuff out. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And tomorrow night, guess who I'm playing? Oh, the old enemy? My nemesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, back against Heathy on the, oh. on the field. And uh, somebody did get in touch with me earlier on today and they shall remain nameless. And they went, oh, if you're really struggling for numbers, Maddie, like you could put me down under another player's name. And I went, no, 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 no. Apart from the fact we don't do this at our club... <laughs> <laughs> we do not do this. We're playing against my nemesis in Southern River, and they know all of our bloody names. So they're just absolutely ridiculous trying to pull that one. Yeah, but not is. we would never do that though. Did I ever tell you about um, you know our mate Darbs? Yes, we were umpiring a uh, a women's veterans midweek game, and uh, at PS One, <laughs> and on the turf there we're umpiring away, and um, PHS, PHS, yeah. that's right. One of our, it's your gaming console, isn't it? Well, that's the last time I played any sort of those console games. FIFA 96? No, it'd be 92, wouldn't it? Um, and I were out there umpiring and, uh, one of the opposition, you know, first half had been going for a while and one of the op- players turned to me and said, uh, how long, how long we got to go, umpire? It's, this is a really long half. And I, I don't know. And I gave a free hit and, uh, Darbs, how long to go? Anyway, he's looked at his watch. Looked at me, blowing the whistle, half time. <laughs> he had gone 45 minutes. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say, aren't you doing the time? No, no. no, he was doing the time. It was just that stunned moment where he looked at his watch and just said, you just knew what was coming. Um, we've got a new segment coming up, John. Have we? Ask the umpire. Oh, Very apt. And I've got some good questions to ask. It's not for you, it's for the listeners. Well, huh? can I ask one too? Well, yeah, so... It'll be coming up soon. Hashtag Ask the Umpire. Maybe TRS. Hashtag TRS Ask the Umpire. And that way we don't get confused with Keeley's hashtags with FH umpires. But Keeley will be coming on. Um, well, I'll to get do the it. ball rolling by saying I want to ask her about if you can balk at a, um, 
a penalty stroke. No, you can't. In the same we way talked, you can block. No, you can't. We talked about this. Did we do it on the potty? No, it was no, just you didn't. and I. Yeah. No. Um, I'm going to ask her because she knows more about the rules. But yeah, Keely will be coming on to do a, a semi-regular RC umpire segment. So you can get in touch with us on the socials, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, all at The Reverse Stick. If you don't already like and follow and subscribe and do all those sort of things, do it. Just do it. And don't search for trying to find where you can hear this podcast. Get a podcast app and subscribe to The Reverse Stick. It's very simple. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. And if you really like the content, you can become a Patreon su- supporter, John, and get exclusive content like they got this week. Um, oh, the, did you the, the outtakes. Well, I did, yeah. It's a terrible edit, but I got it out quick. I had a few beers when oh, I did, okay. did my bit on it. But uh, exclusive only for our Patreon subscribers. Go to Patreon. The loop, yes. Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick and give us a little bit of your hard earn to support our hockey podcast endeavours. We would appreciate that. Alternatively, if that's a bit too much commitment for you, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the reverse stick and buy us a beer, not a coffee, but it's buymeacoffee.com forward slash the reverse stick. A strong coffee. Yeah. That'd be good. It would be good. Are you going to make coffee on the coffee machine tonight? No, No. I'm not certified. I'm not a certified coffee maker, so I will... We'll refuse to make coffee. I will make tea, though. I'm right, okay. Add on down to the nest later on today. For, are you going to put this out now? Uh, yeah. Will I'll it be out before we finish our game? Uh, yeah, it will be. Perfect. So, yeah, get down there. So far, we've only got one edit, so it'll be out pretty quickly. Great. Uh, we have had some uh, nominations rolling in for the International Field Hockey Podcast Awards. Do yeah. go to our socials, follow the links, go to the Google form to cast your votes. Of course, remember, you cannot vote for us because we are a higher power. Yeah. We are better than that. We are the, <laughs> we are, we are the, the head judges. And um, some interesting votes that have come in so far, what, John. What we must say, though, is we're going... We're very strict about this and our rules. There'll be no cheating here, will there? No in cheating this? at all. No, we're, we're we won't dr- be breaking any cheats. No, we're um, we're hoping. No, <laughs> well, well, we're hoping to get Lumi on board to um, adjudicate and get the voting going for us. Okay. Maybe that's when the main awards, the 2021 happen, awards, happen in January. We can get people to phone, log in, and all vote at the same time. Yep, that's an idea. Secretly. Yeah. So no one knows. No. Yeah. Well, I, this is the thing. I'm asking for people's email addresses just to, you know, corroborate where the, the information's coming from. Okay. Very interesting. I mean, Teo's got about 15 different email addresses there, but the problem is he's put Teo McLeod at. So it's Teo McLeod at Caledonia Albion, Teo McLeod at Hotmail, Teo McLeod <laughs> at Gmail. You've got to be smarter than that, Teo. Well, and you probably, you probably uh, got to have a history of not cheating. On the Reverse Stick podcast. Mm. Oh, it's so. Yeah, absolutely. Some con- <laughs> the auditor's looking on and nodding yeah, here at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's got your card marked, buddy. Uh, folks, thank you for joining us for show 197 it's of a short the Reverse one today. Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm about to go out and get my very first win of the season today, John. We're leaving here. We're on the field in an hour and seven minutes. Who are you playing? Uh, Lions. At Lions. Malvista, yeah. Oh, Hopefully it's mate. that field with the long drop over at the side. Is that, is that that one or is that the other field um, they play at? Malvista is in Netherlands and no, there's no long drop overs there. Oh, that's, that's, another, so that's always a beauty for taking a bit of time out of the game. No, oh, that's, none of that. No, right. In fact, there won't be much time taken out of the game because if the ball does happen to roll across the sideline or the back line, it won't be rolling very far on those fields. Don't, mate, don't even try pushing. Hit everything. Okay, all right. Thanks for the tip. They're terrible. They are shocking fields. Thanks for the tip. Order to smile in there as well. He's uh, he's happy with that. Yeah. 
Thanks for the tip, and uh, hopefully you get to go and give it a whack this weekend. Folks, wherever you are, you are in the world, and thank you for joining us once again. And the best ham and cheese toasted sandwiches in the world will be available this afternoon from 3.30pm at The Nest. Are you going back after the game? Oh, well, yeah, going back for the one game. I'll make a special sandwich. Oh, no, I don't want one of your special sandwiches. (laughs) You sure? Yes.